Hi, we're back. We have uh, me, Whooping Cuff, a.k.a. Rotero, a.k.a. DJ Rotero. And uh, we have, uh, as always, Moon Poet, a.k.a. Moon Pet. A.k.a. Moon Pet. And we have a special guest, Al, who has been on the podcast several times, including several ghost episodes that I've never edited. So I right now am in Iowa City. Uh, Moon Poet is in Champaign. And Al is in Madrid. It's great. I love being in the apocalypse. During <laughs> and traveling during the apocalypse, it's I mean, fun. I made it out. My parents are stuck here. <laughs> are so airports like, empty until like? Yeah. No. Uh, no. Uh, yes and no. Like you would arrive and it would be a ghost town, and then you would get into like the main part of the airport, and you'd be like, "Oh God, there's so many people and their children." <laughs> I please no, sir. Please do not. <laughs> that was fun i was one time in line and i told this couple just straight up like dude can you give me some space and then they just stared at me and i was like i i'm wearing a face shield and a face mask and i have like three bottles of germex like in my arms like i'm not those photos are absolutely adorable like you look like that one scene from like (laughs) is it a christmas story where he like can't move his arm please send them them. 24 hours of just traveling i left my parents' house at 11 a.m. in the United States, and then I arrived in Spain at 5 p.m., which is 11 a.m. in the United States. Ew. It was a full 24 hours of torture. It was great. Anyways, we're not um, talking about cool, that. Perfect. So what we're wanting to do today is um, we are uh, um, J.K. Rowling's uh, like Turf Wars blog post. It's technically called J.K. Rowling Writes About Her Reasons for Speaking Out on Sex and Gender Issues, which I honestly, like... I thought she was a writer. I would have assumed that Turf Wars was a better title and that that's the one she would have picked. But she went for the academic title, so whatever. Um, This was supposed to be a lot more kind-hearted until she released that 944-page book about the trans woman killer. So I think it's definitely uh, become a lot more hostile (laughs) to J.K. Rowling since then. And I was intending on being nicer, but I refuse that now. Um, However... Um, I do want to say that um, the reason why I wanted to do this is because I think it's very important for us to actually engage with um, turf ideology because it is very prevalent. And if we don't talk about it, it's not going to go away. So as much as I, I'm never going to be okay with turf ideology and I never want to pander to turfs. um, It like, I do think that there are a lot of people who are genuinely curious and I, I have like coworkers that I have had very long conversations about gender with and um, like they, it was just just such a like they have turfy ideology but they have such a like deep desire to just like understand more and nobody ever talks to them because they don't really have queer friends so if like one of my coworkers listens to this um, and like learns something about like what actual trans people think and not what turfs think that trans people think um, that would be fantastic for me this thing isn't meant to be hostile. Um, towards turfs. It is meant to be hostile towards a specific turf, who is J.K. Rowling, <laughs> because she wrote a 900-page book about a trans woman killer. But 944. I think, like... 944, yeah. just to be exact. Isn't it, like... pounds <laughs> about a trans person. Isn't it about a cis person trying to, like, do these things? Pretending. Yeah. Yeah. yeah pretending to be a woman and it's also one of the main characters is apparently a girl within the like young enough age that she's like dealing with like oh should I become a trans man because womanhood is difficult um so I'm sure there's going to be a lot of diatribe about that and like part of me wants to read it but like that's fucking Middlemarch I didn't read Middlemarch and I was like having a degree in that shit I'm not doing it um Someday I might, if it's in a thrift store somewhere and I don't have to pay for it. You can always but, get it from a library without supporting her, but the only issue is that that means that the library will keep it for longer uh, because it means it's being checked out. Yeah. It's easy, it's better for people to just not check it out. <laughs> um, I wrote entirely too much, um, so I'm going to <laughs> skip most of it. But J.K. Rowling writes about her reasons for speaking out on sex and gender issues, a.k.a. turf wars, yeah is a blog post written by Robert Galbraith, a man, 
on June 10th, 2020, about the backlash she has received from being a female-identifying man. And uh, Maya Forstar is somewhere in there, something, something. Intro, why? Why am I doing this? Um, I, <laughs> I want to start with a quote from the actual thing. What I didn't expect from the aftermath of my cancellation was the avalanche of emails and letters that came um, showering down upon me, overwhelmingly, the overwhelming majority of which were positive, grateful, and supportive. Um, so <laughs> to me, I would say that most of the people that I've talked to, and I could be wrong and I could be in the wrong circles, but most of the people that I talk to have pretty turfy ideology, like uh, are very concerned about the, the turfs are trans-exclusionary radical feminists. Um, gender critical is another name for them. Uh, I probably should have explained that in the beginning. But um, I think if anyone's listening to this podcast, they know the lingo. <laughs> they know what a turf is. Yeah, the majority of the people that I talk to, at least at work, um, when you talk about the idea of um, letting trans women into bathrooms, like they, they would be relatively okay with it if the trans woman passed, but they are genuinely concerned about this whole thing of a like female identifying man or just like a man who is pretending to be a woman coming into the bathroom and in in spaces where as a, if you are being attacked a good place to hide is a woman's bathroom because if a man enters a woman's bathroom that is an automatic signal to everybody that like oh danger 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 as opposed to like lifting that one of those spaces um of like uncomfortableness and like not knowing whether or not this is actually a trans woman and not wanting to be called like a transphobe because of it. Um, like that, that is a genuine fear that I've heard a lot of people have. Um, and there's also just like a very big misunderstanding of like cis people thinking that trans women think they can menstruate or, um, that they like, I mean, <laughs> I guess some do want to have babies, but that the, they like, like the Jessica Yaniv thing where like, they think that all trans women think that they can have periods and like um, that kind of thing. It, there's just a very genuine misunderstanding for trans issues. And some of these people are like JK Rowling, who has the information and has clearly talked to trans people and is still not budging <laughs> at all. Um, and there are people like my coworkers who like genuinely don't know, like just, they, they have no idea and have these very real fears. So I, to me, this is worth talking about because it's so prevalent. Like that they're just, I feel like the majority of the people that I talk to are kind of turfy and I don't say that to like be mean to them, but it, it, they are, um, I don't know. I like, to me. J.K. Rowling is a lost cause. She is too famous and too hurt. Um, like nobody has the capacity to um, to deal with the millions and millions and millions of people that are throwing backlash at her. Um, like there's just no human way to process that and not car caricaturize the people that you're talking to after a while. Um, and uh, after a while, she's just like she's just going to become. <laughs> weirder because all that she's done is surround herself with yes men because at this point the only people that she's accepting emails from are people who are like overwhelmingly supportive and love her mm -hmm. um and uh i it's to me i feel like she's a lost cause um <laughs> so and it's unfortunate for her because it maybe if she wasn't so famous and she wasn't so popular maybe there would be a better chance of discussion um but the internet is like we in general have a horrible problem with optics and have a horrible job of how we present ourselves to each other. I, I think in general, it's just like a part of being older that you, um, you just, I don't know, you learn how to make things land softly. Um, and when you have so many people like coming at you, uh, and like saying like, I literally killing trans women and like saying these things, like just Twitter is a horrible, horrible platform for these things because they're short form answers to um, things that require long form explanations to. Um, ContraPoints has a really good video on this that I will try not to ape too much um, called Gender Critical, um, where she talks about um, 
how Twitter isn't a good format for the score. Twitter is not a very good format for a response because it's short form answers to troll questions, which require paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs of explanation to questions like, what is a woman? And like, do you think that just because you're wearing a sparkly dress, if that makes you a woman, that seems kind of sexist, don't you? Um, like these things require very long explanations. So while I think that having these discussions on Twitter is maybe not a good idea and probably most of the reason why J.K. Rowling at this point is like uh, just unsavable, um, I think that a long form explanation is very, very worthwhile. Um, why specifically I wanted to have Al on this is um, first of all, cause I fucking miss you. Um, and uh, second of all, <laughs> I miss you more so than they do. Uh, <laughs> that's probably valid. I don't have a heart. Um, but um, is because a, a lot of turf ideology has this idea of the lost sisters and that like trans men are just women who uh, couldn't deal with the female oppression. And so they've uh, like opted out of femaleness and just yeeted that shit. And uh, like a lot of them detransition and then have done like permanent, def yeah. So I want to like specifically Al's perspective on this because it is incredibly important to have actual trans men's perspective in this turf bullshit. Yeah, I, I agree that I feel like even I have seen like very little like trans, uh, like masculine, sort of response to what was happening to J.K. Rowling. Like, even my immediate response was like, ah, oh, just like, don't, like, like, who cares? Go listen to Kim Petras instead. Like, my, my immediate response was, go support trans women instead of being like, oh, I, as a trans man, am attacked by this. Like, I'm sort of, I've become used to, like, any kind of trans, like a turf says something, it's usually directed at trans women. And then it's like me coming in to defend trans women and not thinking that like I'm also being affected by this. To me, the the most baffling, well, it's not the most baffling thing, but like top two or three baffling things is this perspective on trans men and like how it would be more difficult to like become a trans man because there's so much stigma against masculinity. Like it's not just that you're like escaping the oppression of femininity. You're going to like the place where you're seen as an aggressor willingly. <laughs> which that never gets talked about in turf ideology. And that's something that I know like Al's talked about a lot and is super fucking interesting. So we'll get into that a little bit more. Um, that's the end of the intro. Basically I'm not really wanting to be hostile towards um, like people who have turfy ideology. Um, that said part two trans trender obliterates JK Rowling. Uh, we may begin. Uh, Anyway, um, her essay's kind of divided up into five main points. Um, I've kind of pulled things from different parts of the article um, to make it a little bit easier, but we'll just go point by point. Um, point one is um, trauma in Scotland and also remember all the money that I gave to the poor. Um, the quote from that is... Uh, Firstly, I have a charitable trust that focuses on alleviating social deprivation in Scotland. Among other things, my trust supports projects of female prisoners and survivors of domestic and sexual abuse. It's been clear to me for a while that the new trans activism is having or is likely to have, if all their demands are met, a significant impact on many of the causes that I support. Um, and uh, specifically, the causes that she seems to be talking about are um, the erosion of sex and gender, and the definitions that kind of replacing the definition of sex with the definition of gender. Um, she talks about a trans woman that she's talked to who transitioned later in life, um, specifically as an example, um, and says, uh, being older though, she went through a long and rigorous process of evaluation, psychotherapy and stage transformation. The current explosion of trans activism is urging a removal of almost all the robust systems through which candidates for sex reassignment were once required to pass. A man who intends to have no surgery and take no hormones may now secure himself a gender recognition certificate and be a woman in the sight of the law. Many people are not aware of this. <laughs> so let's talk about it. God. Okay. Well, first of all, as someone who has like 
medically transitioned, like as someone who is on hormones, and I have been on hormones about like a little bit over three years, this infuriates me because like the reason why people want to like take down as many barriers, like it's the bureaucracy of it, is because it is like so incredibly hard to like get the treatment you need and it's so expensive and like it it really depends on like country to country and state to state like it is so difficult to get any information on just how to get on hormones and then how to get surgery is like nearly impossible plus like insurance companies each company is completely different it's like it, people who who desperately need it and like you know who like need it for reasons of like safety and like their mental health like it's so hard to get it like it just makes me so mad and like changing your name is also like really difficult to do like and that is something that is necessary like i i absolutely hate that like this this notion that like trans people are just trying to open the door so anyone who walks in can do whatever they want because it's not really what's happening we just want it to be like it, it, it makes Not sense, only, you know. Like, like it shouldn't be this difficult. It, it's also like the amount of trauma someone goes through, like because they have to wait, because they have to answer so many questions, because they have are continuously told no or whatever. Like that's trauma that keeps on building. And like, it, it, if there was just a way to avoid some of that, because you, as a trans person, I, I know very few trans people who don't have trauma that they deal with because like, it, it's just unfortunately a part of the experience currently. I, I also personally find this incredibly damaging as somebody who is extremely gender questioning right now. And like, I, I don't know what to tell people when people ask my pronouns now, because I've had moments where I'm just like sitting in the mall kiosk with like a huge Christmas tree behind me. And I just like sit there for like two hours, supposedly taking a lunch break and just like crying because of like, I think I'm a woman. This sucks. I'm balding. I, I how do I fix that? <laughs> um, and, uh, I like that I personally um, I understand that the thing is that all of these things are things that I say to myself all the fucking time. And, and I would much rather be um, a non-passing trans woman in a men's bathroom and be perceived as a victim and be potentially in danger than like be a non-passing trans woman in a women's bathroom and be perceived as a danger to other people. Like I, I don't think that people, I don't think that Terps realize like how like how horrifying it is to be perceived as dangerous. Like it's like I I want nothing else but to like not pose a threat to people, to to like not do it. And that to me is my biggest fear in transitioning, is that like point where I, I'm non-passing. And honestly, I'm old enough at this point that I will probably always be non-passing and like that there's like just this fear of like, why would I even transition? <laughs> like it, if everything were perfect, I, I would probably say like, yeah, I would totally medically transition. I would take hormones. I would do all of the surgeries. It would be a fantastic, fantastic time. My parents would hate me. It would be really weird. Um, but um, I like at the same time, I'm like, do I try to go through that just to achieve something that's unachievable and kind of just be non-passing anyway? Or do I just like stay a relatively attractive boy and just like deal with the gender feelings and like just be able to comfortably go into a men's bathroom without people like fucking saying shit to me and all of the horrifying trauma that goes on with that. Like, and, and th that's, it's a very real fear that I deal with in my life that I think that JK Rowling is exacerbating <laughs> by creating this enormous fear of non-passing trans women specifically i think yeah like uh when you were talking about like not wanting to be feared i totally understand what you're saying and i also like like if you are a cis woman you don't know what it's like to have other people fear you because of your gender like that wasn't something like just like nothing you're doing is like threatening it's just 
your gender is like a thing that is like just threatening, you know? And I, the first time I felt that like I was a man was when I was uh, like, I was working uh, and like, I was working like different hours and like we finished at night and I was like the parking lot where I had my car was right next to this other girl that I didn't, this new coworker that I didn't know very well. And so I decided like, oh, let's, let's walk together to the parking lot at like 9 p.m. It's fine. And like, it was very weird because like at the time, like it was just a five minute walk. And I remember the whole time this coworker, she looked uncomfortable and she looked nervous and I wasn't sure why. And I thought it was because we didn't know each other. So I just started sort of small talking with her and it was fine. And then we got to our cars right before she went to her car. She said, thank you for not saying anything weird or, or doing anything weird. Usually guys say like they can't call and stuff like that. So yeah, good night. And it was like this, this moment of like realization of like this girl just basically thanked me that I didn't like sexually harass her in the middle of a parking lot right after work. Like, yeah. She was afraid of me, even though I'm a foot shorter than her. I am so much shorter than her. I am, like, wearing a pink, like, toucan shirt. I look, like, so non-threatening. You know what I mean? And she was still, like, I am still in a position of power because I am a man. And they had nothing to do with who I am as a person. I had nothing to do with what I was doing at the time. And so, like, I think a lot of cis women don't know what that feeling is like and it, it, it it's really shitty <laughs> like like I don't blame them I, I didn't blame this girl for being afraid of me yeah but like yeah. It, I remember fun. talking to you know uh, my friend Anna uh and just like casually mentioning it not even thinking about it at all and she's like oh you know that thing that you do where you like are like listening to like goth EDM as you're running and like really hard for running and then you like see a woman like running past you and you like switch it to like Kim Petras really really quick and like just have it full blast like super fucking gay pop music just to like have her know that you're like a homo and aren't threatening uh, and, and she was just like what and I was like wait what I yeah you do that and I was like yeah totally <laughs> like one like every single time that I'm like running I will like fully switch the song because I listen to music really fucking loud and I'm gonna go deaf um and like I will turn it off like I will turn it off and like play some like Lady Gaga Kim Petras like Doja Cat some like something really really obviously gay um or like dress in like flower print like um, leggings um, if it's not too late at night and I'm not afraid that I'm going to get hate crime where I'm running but like it's like so it was just very interesting to me that she yeah. never like encountered that because I was like that's such a like that I don't even think about it like I just automatically switched the song because I, I want to like just throw like just anything like gay shit everywhere just to like be like please I'm non-threatening I'm non-threatening I'm non-threatening I'm non-threatening I'm not here to rape you I'm so sorry that men are like this. Uh, uh, yeah. And yeah. it, it, it makes me so mad. Like now that it, like I'm living amongst, you know, boys and men and like, I'm experiencing like toxic masculinity from the other side. Like it makes me so mad. This notion of like, well, any dude can go get a, what is gender it called? The, the gender certification, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, the gender recognition, whatever, whatever, the thing, uh, the certificate. It makes me so mad because, like, a straight cis man would never go, it's would so never expensive. do that, would never go to that link. So then, what? Because yeah. it's so expensive and it's so complicated. And like having to go to the government and talk to them, they will give you, they will give you your book. Like, and then yeah. to go to the bathroom to do that, and it's like. You, his fellow like male peers yeah. would not accept yeah. him for getting this document. So like, what what man would do that? Like, it, it's just not going to happen. If a man like, the sad truth is that if a man wants to go into a bathroom and assault someone, they're going to yeah. do it. Like, they're going to assault someone. You know what I mean? Like, I know that like as you said like if there's other if there's witnesses around they would immediately know that something is off but like i have a feeling that if a man was planning to assault someone they probably like 
would go in thinking there isn't a witness and they're just going to do it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, next point. Um, this one I'm actually not going to address too much because she goes back to it later and gives a better explanation of it. Um, but uh, she says the second reason um, is that I'm an ex-teacher and the founder of a children's charity. Well, I give money to the poor. Um, like many others, I have deep concerns about the effects uh, of the trans rights movement is having on both. It, it, like the this idea of um, kids being indoctrinated and like kind of like all coming out in like groves at the same time. Uh, she talks about that more. I wanted to split it up and put those quotes up here because I think it's very interesting, but I, I think that it kind of interrupts the flow of how she was talking. So I'm just going to bring it up later. Point three, JK the Edgelord. Um, mm. The third is that as a much banned author, I'm interested in the freedom of speech and have publicly defended it even unto Donald fucking Trump. Um, and this, uh, no, she doesn't. He doesn't say fucking. Yeah. <laughs> Tony just decided yeah. to add that I in mean, there. Just, by the way, Trump without <laughs> saying Donald fucking Trump. It's just the easiest fucking linguistic Trump. way to that denote is very the true. amount of like dripping hatred. Um, but uh, yeah, that that was wild. The second one was even more wild. We're living through the most misogynistic period I've experienced from the leader of the free world's long history of sexual assault and education, uh, an accusation, uh, sexual assault accusations, and his proud boast of grabbing them by the pussy to the incel involuntary celibate movements um, that rages against women who won't have sex with them, to the trans activists who declare that TERFs need punching and re-educating. Men across the political spectrum seem to agree women are asking for trouble. <laughs> that's a fucking weird like list of three like like it just i uh equating i to me that shows a massive loss of perspective because she is like exactly equating donald trump to like incels who shoot up like places to trans activists on Twitter making people's lives miserable. And like, let, let's not undermine trans power. Trans people are fully capable of making lots of people very miserable online. But so is every group of people. Like there are gonna be people who are just masters at making other people miserable. <laughs> like, like, it's, it, like it's, it's completely, there's, there's bad people in every single group. The, the thing, it like i i don't know i just uh, i think like one of so i'll i'll uh, what i want to say is like i when you first brought up the idea of doing this i was kind of hesitant about it but mostly because i'm tired <laughs> like because like um having seen like that go through the media like um, just the months of like JK Rowling popping up being like, here's more shit that I want to say. Like, it, it's just exhausting. Like, it's what I was saying before about, about the compacting of trauma. Um, it, it doesn't fucking help me to live, like, <laughs> to have those thoughts go into my brain when I'm like just trying to go to the bathroom or whatever. Like, it, it doesn't help. I, but I also understand like why we have to break these things down. Um, I just, fuck, I don't know. I'm tired. I, I think it's really interesting that she added incels in this list because I think of incels and turfs in the same way that I feel like these are people that are victims of like, the patriarchy and toxic masculinity and then yeah. they're attacking the wrong people mm-hmm. like they're there because i got like incels like as a community is like very toxic and, and it's really bad but i like to a certain degree to a certain degree i can't help but feel like bad like i can't help but feel like these are boys that like I feel like are just very frustrated with feeling like 
they have no power in like themselves and they feel like like you know what I mean like they would benefit from like the way that femininity has like a sisterhood I think incels are trying to create the feminist notion of the sisterhood but it's like from a foundation of of toxicity and so then that's how it becomes so bad and then they start like attacking women for not wanting to sleep with them and so I think it's really interesting that like she I think she identifies like that incels are our are a problem and she doesn't see that like maybe turfs are sort of like having the same symptom if that makes sense i think two things surprised me about incel reddit I mean, the, the first one is that um like the majority of the comments when people are being very just like self-hating particularly when they have a picture up um and they'll just be like uh fucking rope for me bitch and like um showing a picture of themselves, you, you see so many people underneath that are just like, you just look normal. Like that, that's a really bad angle. Um, like uh, learn angle frauding and like learn how to take a good picture of yourself. Girls do it. Look at girls' pictures. They look so pretty. Like just do those angles. Look at a girl's picture and like take, and I'm like, that's really good advice. Like look at girls' Tinder pictures where they look really, really good and just take the exact same fucking picture. And like, um, or, or they'll be like, just use this skin product. Like I just honestly just shave your head, dude. You're going super fucking bald. You look better that way. And then you like see a little picture of them afterwards, like being bald and be like, Oh my God, you look so cute. And everybody's like super nice about it. And then you get like a girl underneath that's just like, Oh yeah, no, you, you really aren't that bad looking. And everybody's just like, shut up, shut up, shut up. Anyway. But like the other, so I was surprised at how like realistic and nice they are when somebody's like actually not that bad looking. Mm-hmm. But I also, to me, when like the like the parts that are really fun to read but are awful are um, when somebody is just like very d- delusional about how much they've glowed up, and they're like, "Oh yeah, Chad Light now, Chad Light at worst." Like and like I, he's just super Jersey Shore plastered up pompadour up to like here and like so much like there's one particular dude that pops up all the time because he always does this and every time he gets shot down it's just like you're still fucking ugly yeah this is reddit it's like on reddit incels without hate uh there's also incel selfies um are still relatively active um but the like actual like our brain cells and uh, incels.com and a lot of the ones where they're like actually being hateful get shut down pretty quickly now so it's kind of difficult to find exactly where the like really hateful stuff is but incel selfies is still up because part of the like board rules are, are that you're not allowed to. I know too much about this. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you know a lot. You've, do, you've done a fucking deep dive on incels for like the past two years, and every time you talk to me about it, I'm scared for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like it's like one of those things where uh, where like a reporter goes in and like tries to learn about neo Nazis, and then it's like, wait a second, <laughs> like. What, <laughs> I'm too deep. <laughs> you do go a little like uh, native. Um, that's a horrible phrase. I probably should never say it. Um, but you do like the terminology sticks in your head because like it's just things that everybody bullies themselves with. Like uh, particularly the word gym cell has tortured me so much. It's, it's somebody that like goes to the gym so fucking much and has like a really great body, but their face is fucking ugly. So like there's, it's the it's the butterface of dudes. Uh, but their face is so fucking ugly that like no matter they go how much they go to the gym they're still gonna be ugly and i like find myself like fucking lifting and like being like i just fucking gym self fucking gym self fucking you're just fucking ugly you're fucking gym self no one's gonna want to fuck you and i'm like i am such a whore why do i have these fucking men intermental but it like it goes without saying but Tony, you are beautiful (laughs) i like all of your pictures yeah (laughs) equating let, let's not undermine the problems of the trans Twitter community, to be honest. As, as much as equating trans people on Twitter to incels and to Donald Trump is hyperbole and is a like rhetorical strategy, uh, I think everybody who's grown up within like the, the queer internet circle has found that moment where they get canceled for something stupid and everybody comes for you. And you like gave them the license to criticize you. And then everybody's just like, uh, like thinks that you're a horrible person. And like, we, we all understand what it is to get 
canceled to some degree or another um, by the Twitter community. And it does suck. It sucks so hard. It sucks particularly when you're a part of that community and you trusted everybody and you like kind of gave them the license to evaluate you as a person. And I feel like <laughs> it's a thing that everybody goes through now that you, um, you kind of grow up and you like learn like, oh, okay, cool. Um, I'm going to be a centrist to somebody. Like I'm always going to be a centrist to somebody. So I am just going to kind of be okay with that. Um, which is horrible, but like also there's no avoiding it. <laughs> um, but I, I don't want to undermine the fact that trans Twitter does have a set narrative for like trans people. Like you were born and you always knew that you wanted to be a girl. So you like did hormones and then like everything's like magically better. And like that, that like very like, I was always a woman. I've always considered myself a woman when I have very clear feelings of like, particularly in relation to somebody else, like for me particularly, I have no way of not thinking of myself as a brother to my siblings, as a son to my parents, because I have such a gendered experience with that, that like, it, it wasn't a sister trapped in a dude's body. Like it, it was like, I was a brother and those feelings came later to me. Um, and, and it's hard to deviate from that narrative. So people like Blair White <laughs> get like everything that they say is just like automatically trash because she's conservative, which like the being conservative is trash. Um, but I think um, we need to really, really examine how cruel we are to people as a queer community because we have been extremely cruel to a lot of people. So I don't want to undermine that. I guess that's mostly what I wanted to say. If yeah. I may go on a tangent, uh, can we talk about, because that makes me think about uh, the transition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. or can we talk about that? All right, cool. Oh, I know you have like an outline. Anyway, <laughs> <Go for it. laughs> I feel like, uh, I feel like, the trans community in general, but like specifically, like I think like on Twitter and social media and stuff, like we don't talk yeah. about detransitioning. Like and TERFs like talk about them a lot. Like and and I think it's a problem that like we as a as a community, we like treat detransitioners like a dirty little mm -hmm. secret because then it becomes ammunition. And like I I think that I have like my own personal feelings about like essentialism. Like I don't, I, I don't subscribe to this sort of notion of like, I was born, I like I was born and I immediately knew I was a boy and I was trapped forever. And like, because I didn't like, you know, like I didn't have dysphoria until I started like until puberty started like I'm not sure if like at six years old I was a girl or a boy and like yeah. I don't know if it J.K. Rowling actually talks about she has a quote that says and, I remember how genderless I felt um, as a child and that's, that's that's true like you don't yeah you, yeah yeah I, and like I don't know like I think I think there's also like we turfs, I think you like use the transitioners a lot because they can sort of paint them as like a, a story of failure, right? Like these people, these poor unfortunate souls, like they medically transitioned. Yeah, they medically transitioned and then it, like, but like there's no. I haven't seen anyone really talk about like well, what are we definitely like defining as detransitioners, right? And like, is it bad that people are detransitioning at all? Like, I would argue that like it it's is natural. good that someone is detransitioning because it means that that person. Well, no, I think it's good that it like it doesn't matter the journey as to how someone figured out like their identity and where they feel comfortable, like. It matters that they got there, that they are happier now, that they are more comfortable. Like, I, you know what I mean? And it's like, are we counting the transitioners who, let's say this is a trans woman, they transitioned and then they got 
like their family was transphobic and then they went back into the closet and they detransitioned and then a few years later they're in a better place and then they transitioned again. Like they went back to living as a woman. And it's like, are we counting them as these transitioners? Are we counting people who like, for example, like went on tea and then after like a few months, like the changes were going too fast and they stopped for a little while and then they went back. Like, are we, and I feel like we, I think that is an issue. I think like as a community, we need to like come together and talk to the transitioners and like not let turf sort of like monopolize. Monopolize the conversation and also indoctrinate them. Cause it, it seems like a lot of, like detransitioners, like since the trans community doesn't embrace them, the like conservative trans people and like trans medicalists and uh, <clears throat> and TERFs are the ones who are actually talking about them and actually allow them to have spaces and actually really value their input on what they're saying. And if we don't value them, then they're going to go to trans medicalists. Well, hi, hello, this is Editing Antonio. I feel like this term means explained, um, in case you don't know. A trans medicalist is somebody who believes that you have to medically transition in order to become uh, truly trans. They're the ones that came up with the term trans trender, which are people who will transition for a little while and say that they're like non-binary, which they generally don't believe that non-binary people exist, or um, transition and then like immediately figure out that it wasn't for them. Frequently within the trans community, they're referred to as true scum. So there's this battle of true scum versus trans trenders. That is your trans lesson for today. We'll move on. And like be a part of uh, turf YouTube. And um, I, yeah, it, like there's no reason for there to be shame or for not to talk about that. Like even by our own definition of things, it, it's just, it's one of those like little human error oversights. Um, that like, it, I don't think anybody did maliciously, but it's there. And so now we need to address it. I think it's because a lot of trans people are like, I think there are some people, like some trans people who like are down very insecure of like, what if I did make a mistake? Because like that is, that is completely possible. Like it is absolutely possible that like at 80 years old, I go, actually I like, I, I'm a woman, like, I, I think I, you know, whatever, like, I made a mistake, and now, like, not that I made a mistake, but, like, I figured it out, I'm a girl, and, like, I think a lot of people are, like, I think there's some, at least some people who, like, at the back of their mind, like, they, like, they treat that as the boogeyman, and I feel like, I don't know, I feel like we should just, like, go, over, like, essentialism, and just embrace it, like, maybe in the future, you do change your identity, and that's fine. I think we also need to work on eliminating the problems that people have these fears of detransitioning, even if when they have done permanent damage upon themselves. Um, like, I, I feel like a big part of that fear is, um, like, I, I remember watching a um, detransition video of um, a man who uh, detransitioned from being a trans woman and had gotten bottom surgery and um, had, like, m most of the effects of um, hormone-related stuff uh, had kind of subsided. He could grow a little bit of a beard. Um, he was able to look more of a man like afterwards with like really heavy testosterone uh, shots because he like doesn't have his testes anymore. But he talks about having um, like sexual encounters with people and how difficult it is to have to explain to people that like that there's not a penis there, but I'm still a man. Um, and a lot of that is that like fear of non-standard bodies that like it, it's it's really i mean like as a trans person uh, like it's a very big thing in your mind of like oh are is the world gonna be okay with my body um so i feel like while they um come at this maybe erroneously out of trauma as like being trans is bad transitioning too early is bad no child should be allowed to transition um when in reality, the problem is like, you should be fighting for the exact same thing that trans people are fighting for and the acceptance of quote unquote non-standard bodies and people just like not giving a shit. Cause like if you had somebody who found out that they were just actually a woman but had been taking testosterone for a while, I have friends who've done that um, and like still has a bit of a beard and like pretty excessive body hair, like at, like, it should be the kind of thing, like, just so what? Like, <laughs> but the reality is that the world isn't like that. So it's a very real fear. So I, I think 
out of trauma, detransitioners tend to go towards that route of like conversion therapy, as opposed to like actually fighting for the people who are on their side who are just trans people um, in fighting for acceptance of non-standard bodies and just acceptance in general, just like not giving a fuck, like who, like what genitals are genitals. They're all ugly. It's fine. Like, I don't know. So, so, so I, I, I know this might seem like a little off topic, but it, it makes me think about how I think like the freak shows and geek shows of the 1800s um, yes. and like the 1900s have deeply like deeply affected the way that we view non-standard bodies and especially the way that they are exploited so so like you have like the bearded women you have like the the 600 pound man the whatever whatever like you have these people who just do not look like the usual person usual person whatever um and and you put them on pedestal to be gawked at and i think like that's one of the big fears of 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 some trans people but also people who are detransitioning and so on where it's like the fear of being kind of used in that way or being seen as this kind of freak way and um yeah it it isn't like it's a thing that is i i think about it a lot because of the performance art piece um couple in a cage where um it was in 1994 they um it was two people who went around the country the country the world um and they would go in a cage and outside of the cage would be writing being like these are um these are people who had been like from a tribe off the coast of mexico that have been away from normal society uh for all these centuries and and like here they are for us to gawk at and um and so on and the whole idea of the piece was to cause people who who like were realizing uh what was happening and that it was a performance um realizing that like the people who are watching and actually believing and gawking and so on to be the real the real problem <laughs> like um the problem isn't that these people don't have a uh, culture or society it's it's the problem of the people who have culture and society how they treat uh this other and um, one of the most famous parts of it is that you could pay a nickel to see their genitals. So, like, you could um, you you could just like pay them money, and what the the man within the within the performance, uh, uh, Gomez Pena, I think was his name. Um, what he did is he would tuck his his dick so like you wouldn't see anything, but people always felt um, felt cheated by it. it. They they were just like, I paid money mm-hmm. to see your dick, and it's it's just. It, it, but also like he was wanting to 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 mess around with the idea of gender with um, within like that action but um yeah it's just like i think there's there's a lot of these smaller things that are affecting the way that we view human bodies now um and making it even harder still to to be accepting because like in reality like those like a lot of the people who were in in geek shows and whatever they liked being there like there were some who liked being there because they were around other people who 
were also like non-conforming in some way and that there was a sense of community unfortunately even if you were being like um just treated so badly like that the thing is like every there there is the one driving human thing which is we all want community and we're going to look for it wherever we can. So, so that's like that's why gender uh, detransitioning people might might go more towards tur- like turf communities and so on because like that's what they need some community. They feel like they need something. So, I mean, all of those like NBC videos of like x woman whatever whatever like detransition or like npr articles or like whatever like that that is the modern freak show so that fear is not unvalidated like that we do still treat them like freaks and like even the like the pregnant man where it's just like a trans dude who like got pregnant like it it's it's the same language it's the same tactics it's just that it's on the internet and the typeface is boring now so that actually, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have real printmakers making like cool posters <laughs> or a carnival barker. <laughs> I can redesign your trans trender shit. Um, okay, that actually leads really well to the next uh, thing. I'll just read the quote. I'm also aware through extensive research that studies have consistently shown that between 60 to 90% of gender dysphoric teens will grow out of their dysphoria. Uh, and uh, she, she goes on to talk about uh, woman, quote unquote, is not an idea in a man's head. Woman is not a pink brain, uh, a liking for Jimmy Choo's or any other sexist idea that now somehow is touted as progressive. Moreover, the inclusive language that call female people menstruators and people with vulva strikes women as dehumanizing and demeaning. And she had that whole tweet of just like, well, there was a word for that. Woman, woman, woman. It looked like the menstruator thing. I just, but anyway. Yeah, yeah people who menstruate. Let's talk about rapid thing. onset gender dysphoria. Like the like whole droves of trans teens that come out together out of peer pressure. I feel like, I mean, even though like I like sort of realized I was trans in college, I feel like I would be considered a candidate of rapid onset gender dysphoria because, like, I didn't show signs of being trans in high school. I was, like, very feminine. And, like, you know, like, to everyone else, like, I was just, like, a normal girl. And then suddenly I just go, LOL, I'm a boy. Like, you know, it was, like, very (laughs) difficult for, like, it was very difficult for, for my parents. It was very difficult for my mom. And, like, I I think about this all the time about like she's cool now like now we're like now she's like very supportive and she's very good about everything um but like I remember when I came out the first one of the first things she said was well the feminists aren't going to accept you kind of thing like it it was very much like me coming out had something to do with like feminist stuff and like to her it just sort of came out of nowhere like but it this pisses me off this like statistics of like 80 to 90 percent of gender dysphoric teens will grow out of it the fuck does that mean like that could just be like puberty like to me i was the most dysphoric you know during like i was dysphoric during puberty i just didn't know it you know and like it was the worst because like that's when changes were happening. I, to be honest, I think maybe like I, I probably didn't feel any of that like before puberty because there wasn't changes happening. I wasn't thinking about my gender in that way. Right. And so it's like maybe after puberty, like things have sort of stopped changing. And like by then you're old enough that you've probably made like some uh, defense mechanisms or you put some strategies in place where like things don't make you as dysphoric anymore like you sort of at least for me like my relationship to my dysphoria has like really changed over the time over time and like some of it is related to transitions but some of it is just like I don't know just like not thinking about it as much as I used to like not you know what I mean just life I feel bad about dragging you two into this because this is clearly something that I wanted to talk about um, but I like I feel like 
20 year old me would have been very delicate in the situation. Like I, it would have like absolutely triggered me and it would have been incredibly difficult to deal with all of this. And so you uh, react with those like very like extreme, like no fuck you punch Nazis punch turfs, like sort of situations because you're like so delicate. Um, but like now I, I kind of think to that, like Hannah Gatsby quote from the net where she's like, I'm in my prime, like fight me. Like I, like I, I, I've grown up like I, I am not as delicate as I used to be. So like if, if somebody's going to talk about this without getting like hurt by it, I feel like it's my responsibility as an older queer to like engage with this, like, it, like, just, cause it doesn't affect me anymore. Like I, I don't allow people to have an effect on my own self image anymore. I do horrible things to my own self image on myself. I think coming after teens it like all coming out at the same time, it is kind of like, I feel like I would also be a candidate for rapid onset gender dysphoria. Cause I really didn't think about it until like I was talking to fucking SG and like talking to you um, about like, I didn't even know that like being non-binary was a possibility. And the more that SG would talk about how they felt, I was just like, yeah, the more I was just like, Oh, but everybody has those thoughts. Oh, but everybody has, like, I have those thoughts, but everybody has those thoughts, but I have those. And then you, like, go and, like, think about it more, and you're just like, oh, no, um, cis people don't have those thoughts. Maybe I'm not one of them. And then you, like, sit down in a conversation with Al in, like, the, like, sub and, like, get asked, like, how does it feel when somebody calls you he, him? And I was like, I feel very small. Like, that was just kind of a, again, you meet other trans people and you have a bunch of things in common with them. And it may be like, it is a little bit of peer pressure, but I think that just, it's also aesthetically that you find, like even when I went to theology school, it shocked the fuck out of me that like most of the people that I hung out with were queer and I had no idea. You just like, you find each other cause you, you kind of leak a little bit of information wherever you go. And you're like, oh, somebody that is non-hostile to me? Like, oh yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. So I think Rowling and Terps <laughs> in general have this like horrifying fear that like their daughters will like be indoctrinated into this trans thing and like eventually find out that they're actually transgenders and move on to their little cis lives and whatever, or cause horrifying damage to their like everything. If that happens, who cares? Like, I, uh, that pisses me off because, like, I, it has happened to me twice now where a cis person has come to me and they, they look like they, they have this face of absolute shame and they tell me that, like, there was a while, there was a few months where they thought that they were trans and then they realized that they weren't and they wanted to basically have me, like, forgive them, like, be the trans hope and, like, just, pardon their sins and I just sit there and I'm like what I like cool like you figured out who you are like I there's nothing to to apologize as if like like, they're telling you that they just that they used to do blackface and I'm so sorry like (laughs) oh god yeah yeah and it's like I think if we just stop thinking about trans trenders as such a problem then, like, it, I, I don't know. Like, I don't think it's that big of an issue that someone in high school for, like, three months thought that they were maybe trans and then they went, actually, I'm not. I'm cis. Like, I don't think that's... Who cares? Who gives a shit? Like... It just... It, it's this... So, I don't, I don't want to equate it to this, but also, it's this similar to the fact of, like... Um, let me, I've done my own study and 85 to 90% of teenage punks don't grow up to be, uh, adult punks. Oh, no. What? <laughs> like, like, yeah, you learn things about yourself and you make new decisions and you decide like how you want to identify and you figure these shit, these things out. Also, it's not that difficult to, 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 to be like, to realize that, that teenagers are going to change because they are in a constant yeah, and the state thing, of like, change. The same thing, like being punk is such a good like analogy because you start out being punk, feeling like it's very, very liberating. And then eventually you get stuck in this, like, Oh, this is punk. This is not punk. Are you seventies and eighties, like sex pistols punk? Or are you like 
proto beginning of Susie and the Banshees, like beginning to be goth punk, or are you like American idiot punk, or are you like, because like if you're American idiot punk, then you're like automatically not valid and we need to like throw you away. But like, I'm joking. I love Fuck American yeah. idiot so much. <laughs> Billy Joel is a fucking phenomenon and I love him. Anyway, I just want him to be happy. Um, but, um, yeah, like you, you get to these places and you also like learn that things are a little bit too stringent for you. Like, like you learn that like the, the general narrative of being trans doesn't apply to you because you're a human and the general narrative of being trans applies to zero people. Um, and that's not a bad thing. That's a thing that we all come to is that like, oh, I don't fit the mold. I'm not like other girls. And like, you grow up. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand the fear. Like, I just don't. It's... I, I understand. Well, uh, the fear of detransitioners or, like, the fear of... Terps like, fear of terps. people like, terps finding fear out that they're of not trans. And, like, their poor daughters being lost because of this and 